I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time. I'm skipping through them. I'd rather listen and change my mind. Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind. Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind. I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time. I'm skipping through them. I'd rather listen and change my mind. Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind. Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind. Yeah. Hey, hey. Welcome back, ladies and germs, to episode 88 of the Change My Mind podcast, part of the hashtag DorkShareGooniverse, along with Geeks Worldwide Radio and Midnight.fm. We are, of course, the People's Podcast. We are the formerly prettiest podcast of the hashtag DorkShareGooniverse, and we are undoubtedly, head and shoulders, some may say, the tallest average podcast in the DSG. And the official podcast of reading and listening comprehension. I am Wesley Sykes, and coming through the other side of the ether is the house on Haunted Hill to the legend of Hell House, Hellfryer. Nick, how you doing? I'm doing great. What a friggin' intro. Hey, you know what? Honestly, screw the guys at PCP where they're call- calling us out of what we're slacking or something like that. Yes. All that, but people trying to steal the people's podcast and, and our contra- controversy that we've been known to have, which we'll be bringing that back. We'll bring that back. You guys had Dorktober. We had to go and let, you know, hashtag Dork Shine and PCP's doing their rewatches of movies they don't like or whatever. I don't know. So, we, we, you know, get ready for the fire in November. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're, we are uh, doing the people a solid by going along with the group and, and carrying on this hashtag Dorktober uh, thing, even though we're not both admittedly huge uh, horror guys. Although if, we've been, if you've been following along on the hashtag Dorktober top 50, a definitive horror movie list of all time. I've seen a, ha- a whole bunch of them. We were just talking about this. You know, it's like I'm not yeah. a big horror guy, but I've seen like 12 or 15 of these movies so far. We've definitely seen double digits in some of the, like I haven't seen the original Friday the 13th, but I've seen a Friday the 13th before. Same goes for Saw, and which I think came out as number 13 on their list or something like that. Or one, yeah. Yeah, something like that. But by the way, the whole formerly prettiest podcast in the hashtag Dorkshire Universe. As far as I knew, because you're the one that that, that um, realized that we are no longer that, that you weren't saying Toy Boys was the prettiest podcast. No, no, which is also why we are now the official podcast of reading and listening comprehension for that exact reason. So thank you for bringing that up. You're welcome. Uh, I was, of course, referring to Furlough Friends. Of course, right? Because it's the uh, only show that has a female. Not, not Toy Boys. Yeah. Uh, I, I still have some questions about what that is, but I do love Eddie's Toy Box. So, uh, you know, the, 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 I, I find myself in a little bit of a bugaboo there. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I wish, I don't know if I can say that Eddie loves you back. No, no, he, he does. He does. He just don't, he wouldn't admit it. We're going to, you know, when we finally meet each other post pandemic, it, it's going to be a warm, loving, long embrace, at least on my end. I know I won't let go. I am very excited for that day. I will definitely make sure that that happens. Me too. Uh, Nick? Uh, how about a little intro question for you? Uh, uh, what is what is one useless talent that you have that only impresses you? Well, would you say clapping with being able to clap with one hand is something that's unimpressive to other people? It's it's un- certainly unimpressive to me, but that's pretty good. I don't know if I've done it on the show before, but I would say that's probably the first thing that comes to mind. Do you have one? Well, now I would say just for the people who are listening to this version, uh, that sound songs awfully different than a one-handed clap. Uh, or maybe a different type of one-handed clap. Who knows? Hmm. Well, I mean, <laughs> it seems pretty quick. 
I don't know how you can go that fast other than clapping with one hand. I don't well, know what we, you're we, trying to get. We will at. actually be talking about something like this uh, pretty soon, actually, in, in our next topic. But one one useless talent. There's a couple ones. I ha- I'm pretty good. This doesn't happen all the time now because you prepay at the pump so often. But I'm very good at getting it at a double zero number. Oh, really? Yes. I saw a tweet. And that, that, like, that's always like we were just talking about uh, in the in the group chat, right? About NARPs. I I, I really love this acronym in this term is uh, what non-athlete regular person. Uh, you never heard that before? No, 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 I never heard that before. And again, that's that's me. So I, I feel like I should have heard that. Um, yes. But you know, those are like the small feats. Those are like the Olympics. Is getting you know double zeros on the gas uh, on the gas tank. You know. <laughs> I actually saw a video uh, from Task, you know, one of the, the, the Twitter must must follow Twitter accounts uh, on like comic book Twitter, Up and there was, it was, yeah, and it was like this whole um, this reel of very frustrating moments, and one of them was like trying to get double digits on the gas tank, and you get like zero one. It's all like stupid little things like that. I, it's, it's like a minute long or whatever, but I just I recommend you guys go and try and find that up to task on Twitter. Uh, he writes some comics, by the way, out there, uh, and then he sure uh, does. done a pretty good job. He's got more stuff coming. But what do we got planned for today, Wes? Well, I also want to say I, I I'm also very good at um, organizing the dishwasher uh, or like packing things in. I kind of have like a great Tetris mind as far as organizing where things should fit and packing is so important, so yeah. important. That's not a, that is not a useless or uh, unimpressive talent oh, or whatever. Ask That's my cool. wife. <laughs> wow. Well, I don't. Uh, want, yeah. I don't want to say you know too much bad about her because she's one that gets us. You know, Courtney Kardashian who now sponsors us with through Poosh. 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 You got to really yeah uh, emphasis that P. You're gonna really pop it. Someday I'd like to know how she came up with that word. Just yeah, I believe I believe we discussed it. It just sounds good. It just rolls off the tongue. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't remember hearing that part. But, anyways, that is definitely an impressive talent. Wes. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. I, I appreciate that. And to answer your question, Nick, we'll be uh, doing some more real life paranormal activity type stuff with analytical folklorist Christopher Balzano of the Tripping on Legends podcast to discuss haunting, spiritual anomalies, and spooky ghost stories galore. Yeah, and right. if you guys. I just want to say that if you guys like the Bridgewater Triangle, because I know hashtag dorks alluded to it a little bit, this guy is an expert on this stuff too. He came came highly recommended from our guy, Tim Weisberg. I've been hearing about uh, Chris Balzano for, I think since before we started the show, he's he's one of Tim's good buddies in in the paranormal business and everything. So I'm very excited to hear what he has to tell us because if this guy, if Tim's calling this guy an expert, then that means that, you know, this guy knows his shit for real. He's got the stamp of approval, but uh, but Nick, Nick, what do we got in uh, trending now? What's going on there? So, with all of the spooky stuff and everything, we found out that we're gonna have one of the more popular horror franchises. We're gonna see a new installment of that added next year. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be. I think this is the third movie since they did the original remake with Jessica Biel. It was, what was that? Was that 2003, early 2000s, whatever? Yeah. Um, she but, was still throwing heat. Yeah, exactly. She's still. She, no, absolutely. But I mean, that yeah, no, like, she, she was 97 then, like yeah. sitting 97 now. Was she like 91, 92? Yeah, she's like. painting the corners now, you know? Sure. I, after, I, after veteran. I, I wouldn't call her Greg Maddox. I still think she's got, you know, she's still got a fastball. Sure. Anyway, point is that that's coming out in 2021. And the synop- or the, the movie poster was what was teased. I saw Rotten Tomatoes tweeted out, and this is what how the poster reads. In 1974, the world witnessed one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history. 
in 2021, the face of madness returns. So my question to you is, Wes, are you going to see this with me? Uh, probably not, but I have, a, I have a question about the phrase annals of American history. Did I say that incorrectly? No, 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 no. You said it right. I just said annals of time, word, right? Like, why is it annals? 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 I, I feel like that's so close to annals. And when you think about like the annals of American history, that just sounds very funny. Like this is one of the most bizarre crimes to come out of the annals of history. Yeah, there are probably some people who are going to read that incorrectly, but everybody knows. I think everybody over the age of like sixteen knows what the you know the word anal. Right? I I understand. I'm not asking if people understand or know what the difference is between the two. I just find it weird that that's still such a phrase that's in usage today. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't feel like it's used that often. It's, it felt random. I'll give you that. Felt a little. I, I feel like in the annals of history, uh, that that phrase comes up a lot in our world in sports. In the annals of time, annals of history. I don't know. Maybe I just don't. Maybe we're just reading for different people. Well, see, now I'm thinking about uh, too much. So now, now this is going to be in my head, and I won't be able to say. Like, I can only think of annals of history now. But it's <laughs> a- annals. Now, I, I can't, it doesn't even annals, sound right. Annals, annals of time, well, it's spelled with two N's. Yeah. So it's clearly not anal. That's why I was, was trying to I know it. that, but I still read it as annals. That sounds like more of a you problem. I bet you even oh, Mac I'm doesn't sure read I'm it as alone. Anal. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Oh, either way, are you going to see this movie with me? No. Are you inviting me? Well, I mean, I mean my, my thing is more so you don't, like, we, as much as you've seen at least 10, if not 20 of the movies that have come out so far from the, you know, dork uh, shared universe, top 50 horror movies of all time. I know you're not a horror guy. So that's why I'm like, I, I yeah, I, I saw this in a different life where I, when I thought it was uh, when I was a risk taker, you know, I like to live on the edge. And now I just want to sit in the comforts of my home and rewatch uh, episodes of the office because it's familiar to me. My anxiety can handle that. Okay. fine. Well, I've seen both of the Texas Chainsaw remake movies. I believe there's only two. And I definitely will see this third one. So okay, All I'm right. very well, excited. I'm going to hold you to that now. I'm going to make sure you see it. Okay. Uh, Nick, let, let me ask you: Have you ever accidentally exposed yourself to people? Come again? Uh, have you accidentally exposed yourself to people? Uh, no. I feel like it's. How do you accidentally do that? Uh, well, that's a great question, Nick. Uh, and that's a great question for CNN analyst and New York staff writer Jeffrey Tuvin. Because uh, he did just that on a Zoom call of no less uh, t- 2020, am I right? Uh, with, with members of the New Yorker and WNYC uh, radio uh, staff. So he has uh, apologized for his quote, embarrassingly stupid mistake, believing he was off camera. So I, you know, I'm not exactly sure of all the details of how it went out, but I, while he was on the Zoom call, he uh, exposed himself, showed uh, his his member. Uh, is, is Mr. Andrew Jackson, if you will, uh, and and thought he had muted the camera, I guess, or like killed off the camera of the Zoom call. I, I don't. There's no excuse for that. You, well, yeah, you, you they didn't shut the computer if you're that if you're gonna go and expose yourself or don't walk in hot. That there's no excuse for that accidentally happening. It'd be one thing if he was in his boxers and then got up and walked off camera, then I'd understand it because I, I mean, like I'm wearing shorts right now. I know I'm wearing a sweatshirt, but like I, I'm, and I've been on other zoom calls where I may have had, you know, a, a dressier shirt on, but then I'm wearing shorts and I can Ooh. see how that would happen. Yeah, mind. I like that, but I can understand if you get up and then it's like, Oh, the guy's actually wearing shorts, but 
How do you? How are you not wearing pants when you're doing something like that? That's or anything. I mean, that's strange. Yeah. That's a great question. I remember one time when I was playing in the NBA and during uh, like a like a TV timeout on TNT, they were showing me on the sidelines as I was taking direction, and I just had my huge dong just hanging out for my basketball shorts, and it just aired on television. Oh, when you played in the NBA, that's yeah, that's uh, that's got that must have been a really scarring experience for you. Yes, yes, it has. Uh, spe- speaking of which, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the opportunity to pivot here. Uh, speaking of people who are exposing themselves, the alleged synopsis of Space Jam 2 is leaked online. Uh-huh. Ah, interesting stuff. Per uh, movieweb.com. Uh, that, that sounds legit to me. Sure. Uh, LBJ is... Uh, do, do you want to hear this leaked synopsis, by the way? Is, <sighs> I do, but no, no, go for it. It's, no, this movie's going to suck. Go ahead. Okay, well, it sounds kind of interesting. This, this has kind of got me in here. So LBJ is visiting uh, Warner Brothers Studios with his son. I don't know if it's Bronny. I don't know if they're smoking pot or anything, but you know, maybe this would make more sense uh, in the scheme of things here. Uh, when the two get trapped in a world that are made up of uh, all of WB Studios' movies and TV shows, and they're supposed to be uh, cameos from The Mask, uh, Pennywise the Clown, Harry Potter characters, uh, with the WB-verse being controlled by this villain, uh, who is portrayed by Don Cheadle. Okay, so LBJ and his son uh, must team up with Bugs Bunny and the rest of the Looney Tunes to uh, defeat Don Cheadle's plot that involves playing a basketball game for their freedom while trying to while LeBron tries to find his son. Okay. So the ending is very much like uh, the original Space Jam, right? That, that, that plot device of playing for your freedom with basketball and the Looney Tunes and stuff. Right. And Don Cheadle, of course, has like the monsters that are like super souped up animated players from uh, NBA and WNBA. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, not interested. I mean, I'm going to see it, but I just don't, I think this is going to suck. Where it gets me is the idea of a WB verse um that you can have all these cameos in this like warner brothers like world where everything is kind of coinciding it kind of gives me like a like like a wreck it ralph vibe uh like who framed roger rabbit maybe okay um you know ready player one where you have all these kind of like easter eggs and nods to like small different pieces of pop culture Uh, and wb warner brothers obviously has a huge collection of properties so you know i think that would be uh, my interest more so than the overall stories, just to be to watch it and pick up all the little things in the background while we already know what's going on with the storyline, essentially. Yeah, that would actually definitely be better. I, I, I'm, I agree. That is definitely the more interesting part of this. But by and large, I think this movie's going to stink. I will still probably see it. We're probably going to do an episode on it because if it stinks. We want to shit on it here. Yeah. LeBron. And we hate LeBron. Yeah. So any chance with that. Yeah. Not like Mac. I think Mac's the only pro LeBron guy in the DSG. Maybe Billy D. It wouldn't surprise me if he was either. Yeah. But either way, um, Don Cheadle as your villain, he's first of all, he better be animated because he's not going to be. I just don't buy I think Don he'd Cheadle. be funny. Like Don Cheadle seems like the less, the least threatening person. So I think there's like a sense of humor and like ridiculousness to that. Maybe. Speaking, you know what? Speaking of that ridiculousness, mm-hmm. uh, how do you feel about the Nick Cage jujitsu movie that we we learned about last week? Well, we talked about that last week, right? So I, I'm all in uh, jujitsu. No, I'm, we, I'm all in for it. no, that came out after our episode. You are. Oh, all did we talk about this on Twitter? Is that is that what that was? Then? That's yeah. exactly okay. what. It was. Yes, I, I understand. It all feels the same because yeah, never... I'm I'm all here for it. This is. Um, you know, uh, Karate Kid meets, um, you know, what, what's a, what's another something else that I'm looking. I'm trying to remember. Star Trek. 
No, I, f- I forget what I said. Go check out my Twitter at Wesley Sykes underscore. Scroll back a little bit if you really want to find it. It was a lot more succinct and, and uh, wittier than what I'm presenting to you right now, for which I apologize. Okay. Well, there's that. And then there's Monster Hunter, which I got shit for saying that this looks nuts on News Dump, uh, Mac and Goose News Dump. First of all, it does look nuts. I don't care what anybody says. This is the Mila Jolovich uh, movie. Yes. And I don't, and that does not mean that it's necessarily going to be good. But you know what? In the, there's there's not it's a thing now for me. I'm pissed about this. I got thrown under the bus for this shit. I am going to. I'm telling you right now, Monster Hunter will absolutely be better than Jujitsu. Well, how would you get thrown under the bus, if I may ask? By saying that this is going to be uh, this is going to be like a great movie or whatever. This is going to be awesome. I didn't say that, and then I get shit on for saying something I didn't say. That that it's just principle, Wes. That's well, I, w- I would say you know when you say things like that's crazy or this is nuts, you know it's kind of a bland statement. Then it didn't warrant getting shit on for. I think you should come. I think you should come with a hotter take. I now, and I am. I'm saying now that Jujitsu is going to be a worse movie than Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter is going to so Monster is going to be better. However you want to look at it, you have no faith in Nick Cage. None. I think Nick Cage sucks. He's not. His whole shtick is not funny. Mac even said it himself on News Dump. He, he he's now aware because of it. Mac uh, says it. Uh, it's true, huh? It's That's just a good point. No, I just I just disparage Mac for the whole his whole LeBron take. I'm just saying that it is. That it's a, he has a good point on Nicolas Cage. That's all. I'm not alone in that stance. Mac's okay, wrong. So wrong. you let them shit on you, then you agree with them. I agree with Mac. I don't agree with Goo. It sounds like you're uh, you're dead. backing up a little bit. Toy Boys is done. Like you're backing up the take. I don't. I don't think that's it at all. I think you're just. <laughs> Boy, am I, am I stirring uh, the pot here? Yeah, I think I think you're trying. I think you're trying to stir the pot after. After all the golf talk in the group chat that's been going on recently. Well, but yeah, we, we can talk about that a little bit later if you'd yeah. like. No, um, sorry. How about uh, 538, which is such a reliable uh, analytical pollster um, you know, website, of course. Uh, right. Look no further than the 2016 election. But they have released its ultimate Halloween candy power rankings on Sunday, uh, which is definitely something that stole from us that uh, Pop Culture Pilot Driver uh, also stole from us. But uh, – <laughs> The, the results are in, and it's Reese's Peanut Butter Cups with a resounding 84% coming in at number one. Uh, Reese's Minis, number two, at 82%. Twix at number three, 81.8, uh, 81.6%. Excuse me. Uh, Kit Kat is at number four at 76.8. And Snickers rounds out the top five at 76.7. In total, I believe there's about 12 of these. Uh, if you go to the 538 Twitter page, um, you'll, you'll be able to find it. Um, there were four Reese's products overall and seven total peanut flavored items. People so that, like, that's just domination. People like peanuts. That's it. I told you that. Now, but, now again, uh, we hope people are listening very acutely and have their reading and listening comprehension skills up because if you just say people like peanuts fast enough, it sounds like something else. Pe- Much like the angles of ha- American history. Pe- We're doing it again. Okay. Peanuts, I don't get it. Peanuts and annals of okay. I'm, it's, this, is over, this is over my head. I, you know, I, I'm just saying the, we're just using the correct words. I don't know. I don't know what you're getting at. But we did the auction draft in episode 40. That was with our our resident food expert uh, Brendan Curie. Mm-hmm. What was it? PCP did they ranked their food? They did so, a tier list. Yeah. Yeah, so, not exactly the same. Not, no, but no, but still, you know, it was, but they did a good job with it. I will grant them that. I enjoyed that episode. Oh, okay. Matt. All right. 
no, 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 don't don't give them that. Come on. You you know, we talk about how they said that we've lost a step and everything. And then you're going out and, uh, you know, giving Matt Mac a pack on the bat there after he uh, shed on your take. And then you're saying, oh, well, they did a good job of it. You know, they did- correct me Crazy. if I'm wrong. Are we not, are we still the official podcast of nuance as well? Or do we lose that title? I uh, know I took that away because I want to be dumb and ignorant. Oh, okay. Then it's, it's a much easier. And then why did you throw in the reading comprehension bit? Because we can, we just don't want to do it. That doesn't. And again, this is another shot at Billy for not being able to read or comprehend things. I understand that, but why do we get rid of the? Why do we go and say we're intellectual in one sense, but not in another? Listen, whose side are you on here, Nick? Okay, I'm just trying to get shit straight. You're dumping on me, so I'm just asking questions. That's all. I'm, that's, that's all. That's I'm fair doing. enough. I was not prepared for those questions, so I refused to answer them. Okay, so let me. Okay, you hopefully are prepared for this question. The, there's going to be a Dexter quote limited mm. series reboot that was on Rotten Tomatoes website. That I know they did not break the news. I think it was Deadline or Hollywood Reporter. I can't remember. Yeah, um, I didn't watch this show, but you did. The the this reboot whatever limited series is coming fall of next year. Are you excited about this at all? Uh, yeah. Wait, so you haven't watched the show. This was your news item. I, that's why I asked you if you've watched it because I want, cause it's, well, first of all, it's a big deal. Maybe people didn't it, hear about it. Maybe it, it. I'm, I'm not that, I don't care, but I don't even know what a limited series reboot means. Like, okay. What does that mean? I don't, I, I think that it means that it's going to be abbreviated from however long the normal seasons are. Okay, and, but does that mean are they going uh, to reboot the entire series from start to finish, or pick it back up from where it was for a limited amount of time? Are they dropping them in in between uh, certain seasons here, when you know it's like after season three or something like that, Dexter goes way downhill; it just gets boring and monotonous. I think those are both val- those are all valid questions that I don't have the answers to, and that's why I wanted to know what you had to say because I believe Dexter's on Netflix now. And I might want to go and watch it. And I'm just curious, you know, somebody. Yeah, it's, a, it's a good show for the first couple of seasons. And then it's not worth your time anymore. It just gets played out. It's like it the same thing. After the fourth season? I, I can't remember. I watched it back in college. And it's like, you know, when you, it's like one of those shows that I really binged on my computer. Gotcha. Oh, so yeah. I remember, I remember. It all kind of blends, blends through. I did that with Breaking Bad. Oh, that was. Freaking yeah, bad. I do the same thing with Breaking That and The Wire. So it's like, I love those shows, but it's like. If people want to, want to talk to me about them, it's tough for me to like pull out certain moments because it all just kind of blends. Huh. Okay. All right. Um, so you're not. So you're gonna watch it if it, this when this comes out, or you're not interested at all? I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll stick my finger in the air when it comes out and see which way the wind's blowing. So basically, you're just gonna see if everybody else is in on it or not. If it's worth watching it, yeah, that's what I do with the boys. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, you could also just put your neck out there and say, like, I'm going to give this a shot before. Didn't, it even you, didn't you do that with Breaking Bad? Didn't you just say that? I wasn't as big into shows at that point, though. Like, and I was, you know, I didn't watch TV. I was sure, I was. I did watch TV, but not to that. I, I didn't. I, I just, I don't know why. I think I, you know, what it was. I was on an internship in New York. I had a lot of time, and I just said, you know what? Screw it. Everybody says this is good. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Whatever. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying, man. But I was also like a kid in college who, you know, you, you, you're you're indecisive. Now you're a grown ass man. I'm just saying, it seems like a lot of times, Wes, you just wait to see what everybody else does. That's all. I, I don't agree with that at all. Hmm. Kind of sounds like it. A lot of Nick, the time, Nick. I, Nick, you just contradicted yourself in the worst ways possible. Uh, we're we're going to move forward oh. on this. I don't I'm, know. I'm not. I'm not going to discuss it. Uh, but again, I think actually this might be 
uh, one half of the official podcast of reading and listening comprehension. You, you're one half of it now? Well, you, but yeah, you, I, I think I'm all of it now. You're talking about contradicting. Again, you said you want to be a stupid or dummy or whatever. That's why we're not the podcast of nuance anymore. And yeah. we're now the official podcast podcast of infighting is what we really are. Anyways, moving on. Tell me about it, man. You're sleeping uh, on the couch tonight. <clears throat> well, anyways, uh, just a reminder for everybody, as long as this show lasts, we uh, have our stuff over on T Public. We have, of course, yes. the uh, Change My Mind official logos right now. We have the original one, the red one with the, the – well, we have yellow lettering on both. But then there's also the blue one now that we'll use that you guys can see if you're watching us over on the hashtag Dorkshared Universe Facebook page. Wes, uh, how we, any updates on the new stuff that we're going to be Yeah, doing? I got to reach out. It's been a while. So she, she's kind of flaking out on us right now. So I got to okay. give her a little, little kick in the pants here. We got a couple good. West came up with two really, really good ideas that I am very excited for, and we're gonna get those out. You know, we want to get them out in time for the holiday season. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, it's right around the corner. You know, Black Friday's coming up soon, so you you want to make sure you get all your uh, Trump bucks in order. So spend them all on uh, change my mind merch for the kids. It's uh, and Cyber Monday too, right? Isn't that right after? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Cyber so, Tuesday, Cyber Wednesday. The deals are always happening. You know. Yeah, exactly. So, and then there was an Prime Day, which that was a real kick in the nuts the other day when I found out that Amazon Prime was, oh, you know what I just realized? I never sent our guy the link to the episode. <clears throat> <laughs> I was supposed to send him the link to... to he's, just, he's just sitting at his computer waiting for the invite right now, just waiting for the telephone to ring. Exactly. Yes, I totally screwed. I totally dropped the ball on this one. So as we're supposed to go into my segment, I now now I realize that I haven't sent it to him. So this is uh, this is excellent, excellent job on my end. So uh, Wes, last week DC made some made a major announcement about their next event, um, and we talked about it a lot on TLDR eleven. So you guys can go back and listen to that. Um, that was our that was our latest episode. So I don't want to mm-hmm. get too much into that right now then dc this week huge huge week for dc they have uh the the first issue of batman white knight presents harley quinn issue one and i i already read this one wrote up my review for it very excited for you guys to get your hands on it it's um if you like the white knight stuff it's a no no brainer must read for you also dark knight's death metal robin king now we've seen robin king throughout this event and this is actually Bruce Wayne. And he's, um, you know, obviously from a different multiverse and everything. So he's, he, as much as we've dealt, we've dealt with some pretty vicious uh, iterations of Bruce Wayne in this. But this kid may be the most, he's not the most diabolical, but he's pretty, oh. he's pretty friggin' vicious. Because the, the, I mean, Batman Who Laughs is the absolute worst. Um, okay. All right. <clears throat> And then we got Nightwing 75 coming out as well. Something from Marvel that caught my eye that I figured you'd find interesting. Werewolf mm-hmm. by Night. Now, Werewolf is the character that um, we – what is it? Moon Knight was first introduced during Were- Werewolf's ongoing series years ago. That's actually co-written by uh, Taboo from the Black Eyed Peas. I don't know if you're a Peas fan. Oh, that. no. I do know who Taboo is. And uh, wow, good for him. Okay. I like that. Yeah, so I mean, I know Keanu Reeves is getting into the game and everything uh, as well. So, um, but we'll have plenty more for you guys this week on TLDR. There's an Assassin's Creed Valhalla uh, miniseries that's starting from Dark Horse. There's a Stranger Things Halloween one-off from Dark Horse this week too. But we'll talk more about that. Um, I, I thankfully Chris was waiting by his computer, and uh, you know, before we patiently before we, waiting. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, I totally, I totally screwed up on that, Chris. I, I apologize. Okay. But Wes, um, what time? I've, I've spent the annals of history waiting for you guys to uh, to bring me in. So that, that's a, that's a good callback there. I appreciate it. That's that's uh, showing your professionalism, which is uh, much more than we could say for ourselves. So that's all good. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, Welcome to the program, Chris. Uh, of course, uh, Christopher, is, is it Balzano? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Balzano, yeah. I always have to tell I teach uh, high school. I just got out of middle school. I teach high school now, but I always had to say, because people want to say Balzano, it's like, it's okay. They're afraid of the balls. It's okay. <laughs> balls, it's all good. That's it. Just give it a little um, cough when you say it, right? Exactly. Uh, but, <laughs> so, but Chris, yeah. uh, of course, you are, uh, and please fill me in here if I have, uh, if I'm missing anything, but a writer, mm -hmm. researcher, uh, an analytical folklorist, according to your Twitter profile here, uh, yeah. and one of the first researchers of the uh, Bridgewater Triangle. That's that's coming from our friend uh, Tim Weisberg. So is, is that safe to say? Uh, yeah, who gave me actually the title analytical folklorist? I had no idea what it meant. I had to look it up. I still had no idea what it meant. Um, <laughs> I love it. It's catchy. Tells me that, and had to live up to it. I had to figure out what it was, and and so now that's what I am. And yeah, I mean, it's difficult to say like. Bridgewater Triangle Researcher, where do I fall in that? So I like to think that I am um, the second generation. So Lauren Coleman, who dubbed the Bridgewater Triangle, um, I consider him kind of the first generation. I would then say like Chris Pittman and I, uh, uh, and, and then a lot of the people who, Kristen uh, Evans, who um, kind of came in the late 90s, early 2000s, or like the second wave, none of us knew what we were doing. We were just looking into this stuff. And then since then, obviously, it's taken off, and you have a whole bunch of really great investigators out there. So, sure, I'm the I'm the I'm the dad. If Lauren Coleman's the grandfather, I'm the dad, and these are the kids. I don't know. It's all really creepy to think of it like that. But okay, I like that. A good family family tree. We'll get some 23 and Me going on here and figure it all out, right? So exactly, course, exactly. You got your podcast. You're tripping on legends, uh, which can be found on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as your website, uh, trippingonlegends.com. And uh, right, Nikki, Nikki, you have um, yeah, this new book. Of course, he's. I mean, you've written how many books have you written, Chris? Because I, you know, I know there's two that caught my eye. You have your new one, uh, Hard right. Love Stories, and then there's the Dark Woods: Colon Cults, Crime, and the Paranormal in the Freetown State Forest, which I believe is Bridgewater Triangle oriented. Mm -hmm. How many books do you have? Uh, I say I have nine. Um, I have eight official books, and then Barnes and Noble basically stole one of my titles and created a cheap version of it. So I ninth one. I didn't get any money for it, but it's out there. So it's like, all right, you know, I author of nine books. Yeah, okay, I'll take that. Oh, well, that's that, and, and also a big DC fan, according to Tim. Huge DC fan. Yes. Okay. I was actually, completely ignoring the fact that I was supposed to be on when you guys were doing uh, the updates right towards the end of me coming, because I'm like, really, really? I'm spooky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. So, yeah, yeah. I, I love, uh, I love uh, DC, and I love, and I guess you know that's the kind of connection. You know, you um, people who are comic book fans should be fans of ghost stories, right? right. They should be fans of haunted folklore because a lot of them have the same kind of mythology, the same kind of background the same kind of call to kind of put yourself into the story. Um, and so I think it's just a very natural thing. For years, I actually have um, uh, pages and pages of script written in like the old, uh, the old DC style, not Marvel method, but DC style of, uh, okay, here's a, like a movie script, trying to get someone to, to animate this and, and make a, a comic book out of a whole series of ghostly legends I want to do, because I think you know, there is a callback to like EC Comics and things like that and Tales from the Crypt that I think a modern day version of that 
focuses on true hauntings or true ghostly legends totally would kick. But um, yeah, artists are really hard to come by and really hard to find. Okay. I mean, yeah. What's up with that? What? They all want to get paid up front. So. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? What a concept. I know. Like, do you know how much money I make? I make like 17 cents on every book I sell. Uh, these writers want, well, I want a $10,000 commitment. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. All right, I'll draw stick figures instead. So Yeah. <laughs> well, let, let's dip our toes in here. So I, I want a nice beginner question to uh, kind of ease in our audience here. Um, are, are places more susceptible to being haunted than others? Uh, and if so, like, how, how does that happen? Is it uh, off of energy or, you know, I, I know we were talking about with uh, with this with Tim a little bit about, you know, just different yeah. energies and uh, frequencies that, that ghosts and hauntings tend to kind of vibrate on. I like to think of a uh, ghost as a tumbler and a ghostly experience as like a lock, you know, like a, like a tumbler. Everything has to be the right set of, uh, of, of circumstances, right? In some places, the lock is easier to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, the combination of energy in the area, the people who come and see it, where it's located, building materials, things like that. But I also think a lot of it has to do, I'm a big fan of things like a thought form or people finding someplace haunted so much because I'm, I'm a folklorist they find it haunted so much that they're expecting to a haunting to happen they might actually even create it so i think a lot of it has to do with the perfect setting i'm teaching my my seniors this is uh, right now about how do you create a ghostly setting that perfectly sets things up so if you have an abandoned insane asylum guess what it's going to be haunted even if there are no ghosts in it whatsoever and people are going to go there often enough and try to have experiences often enough that anything that's out there in the spirit realm looking to be heard is going to find its way there to be, to, to be able to talk to people or, and have people experience what's going on. So I think that it's a combination of energy. It's a combination of the energy you bring, but it's also that supposed to be haunted factor that I like to, uh, I like to look into. Well, and then you all, you also mentioned that the idea of uh, manifestation, right? So is, is there a way that I can make myself more open to being aware of uh, ghostly interactions or hauntings or paranormal activities, however you want to describe it? Because that's something I, I'm a big believer in conspiracy theories and aliens and all that stuff. Uh, I would like to be more open to it, but it's like I, I'm not really sure how to be, go about kind of opening up that third eye, so to speak. I'm with you. The first thing is just be aware, right? Like to open your mind and to understand that there are ghosts out there, there are spirits out there. Free your mind, the rest will follow, right? Like allow yourself to have an experience. But if you want the best ghost experience book of all time, it's not one of my books, so I'm not going to make any money off this. <laughs> it's the machine, right? And it's this silly little book uh, that my daughter and I bought because we were we were stuck in the house, right? COVID, we couldn't go out legend tripping. We couldn't go out to these supposedly haunted locations. So we we're like, what's going on in the house, right? Like what urban legends, what ghostly legends exist in the house? And of course, I'm an old guy, right? I know uh, Ouija boards and I know Bloody Mary and I know uh, Charlie Charlie because I taught middle school. And so I asked her and it's, there's an entire world opened up to to tweens and to early teenagers and to TikTokers about these little ghostly legends. So we got this book with the full intention of doing one every night for a week. We were going to do one of these creepy stories that's in there. And it reads like a way to manifest demons. I mean, this is like really (laughs) crazy conjuring stuff. Things like uh, one man, um, hide and go seek, 
where you essentially take a stuffed animal and you fill it with rice and then you call upon goats to kind of possess it and you have a, 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 a session running around the house like hiding it and it hides it's supposed to hide on, on you and then you're supposed to hide yeah. and finds you another one which is probably a little more famous called the midnight man where you essentially write an invite in your own blood and at midnight this person's supposed to come through the door and he essentially chases you around your house until 3:33 in the morning three o'clock is very big in like modern urban legends if you get this book and you do some of those things, I guarantee you that you're going to have, you're going to be calling me or Tim saying like, you got to get this stuff out of my house. Yeah. I'm jotting this down. I want to, I want to welcome them in. I'm lonely right now. We figured out what we're well, going to do. I, I, well, I'm not quite sure if you're lonely enough for the midnight man to come into your house, but you know, it is, uh, it is, it's essentially leaving yourself open, being open and then even calling to the experience, you know, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're gonna have a positive experience, but you can still have a ghostly experience. And of course, you can use, like we have right here, the Tripping on Legends Ouija board. Mm -hmm. Use that to try to have some kind of ghostly experience as well. I just can't guarantee what kind you're gonna have. Ugh, God, so talking about all this haunting stuff, this is bad to talk about this stuff at night. This is so bad. So I, we we always wanna hear the really good stories, the real the, the crazy hauntings or whatever. But and I, I would love to hear one um, if you have one. But I'm also curious, have you ever had any how often does it happen to you where someone talks to you about a haunting or whatever in the past or now and you've gone to said haunting and then within like like what's the fastest you can figure out like oh this is not haunted this is total fabrication I, I would say almost every single legend trip I've done in Florida has some level of activity to it really? right because most of these stories now keep in mind I'm not a paranormal investigator anymore I'm a legend tripper which means I go to a location and I experience what's going on rather than trying to capture it or understand it or document it and then try to prove it to you guys I mm -hmm. go out and experience it because I want to know why are the people telling the stories? And often than not, there is something weird and unexplained going on. And they've created a legend to try to explain it, right? Now, sometimes that's readily available to them. Sometimes someone famous died there, or sometimes you can track it down to a moment in history, but oftentimes they just fall out back on stories that they know, right? That's why I was able to write an entire book about ghostly legends in Florida that have to do with love, right? Because a love story we know about, we know Romeo and Juliet. And so the chances of those weird lights you see that cross over the bridge or the, um, uh, the, the people you see uh, committing suicide off of a ledge or the lights in the forest or that dark shadow you see on this college campus of them being, oh, they were tortured lovers who had to commit suicide or one killed the other one. We understand that story because we've heard it before, and so that attaches it. So I've had a lot of, probably more here in Florida than in Massachusetts. I've gone out and we've had some kind of experience. Not always uh, what the books say, right? Not always what the legends say, but we have some kind of experience. And then that's kind of what we do is we report back not only what we experienced, but why people might be making up these stories about that specific place. And so what are some, what can some people expect from from your new book here again just to give the name the haunted Florida love stories um you know so so what can we expect uh maybe maybe a little synopsis of what's going on sure I, um you know it's really it runs the gamut of stories you know it began 
when we would do the radio show, when we would just be sitting around and we'd be talking about an upcoming place we were going to go to, and we would jokingly say, hashtag haunted love, because it was another love story. And I kind of widen that a little bit. So there's three kinds of major love, I say. And when we say love, you can upset, uh, you can take out love and put obsession, right? Mm-hmm. If you have something like my good friend uh, Robert here, right? Uh, that's a case of creepy love, right? That's a case of obsession. Or sometimes it's loving something so much that you hate it and there's anger involved. So what we have are stories of romantic love, uh, stories of love, and these are probably the saddest and often the creepiest, stories of like a parent's love for their children, um, mm-hmm. kind of how that is. So you were talking about energies earlier, how the kind of that kind of energy and that kind of longing and sorrow is perfect for a ghost story and perfect for a true haunting. And then a lot of cases of people who love something in life and they keep coming back. So people who love their job, believe it or not, and after they die, they're still coming back to it. Or maybe they've been cursed somehow to repeat the same action over and over again that they repeated in life. So it really kind of runs all those different kinds of stories. So with, I, I, I asked, I, I've jotted this down as like a possible joke, but now that you're saying that every time you've looked into. Um, no joke away. <laughs> like you know, heard about like, the, like anything in Florida that has to do with the paranormal, like there's something behind it. Like the, the, all the weirdness that seems to happen in Florida, right? You know, everybody jokes about, you know, Florida man, like whatever Florida man <laughs> on your birthday. Like, is there anything at all? Like is paranormal have anything to do with that whatsoever? I think Florida is so big um, that anything stupid and ridiculous is going to be done by someone in Florida, right? Mm. It's a gamut. And, you know, Florida, people generally think of Florida two different ways or three different ways. They think of Florida, man. They think of Disney, right? And Universal. And then they think of like Miami and the ocean towns and, and kind of like the party. Mm-hmm. So if you think of the beaches, and that's all around here, right? And, and they're all very famous. We got Tampa, we got Miami, we got St. Pete, we got Fort Lauderdale and, and uh, the Space Coast and all those places, right? So that's that. And then you cut it down the middle and you've got Orlando and you've got um, uh, Universal and you've got just like amusement park after amusement park, right? You get out of that, Florida's a really creepy, sketchy place, right? Most of the towns are ghost towns. They're small towns. Um, they're the kind of place where a ghostly legend can really take uh, root, but it's also a place where there's not a lot going on. So you're, you are in a position where you're like, I wonder what would happen if I ignited this beer can into an alligator while, you know, <laughs> an ostrich was running by. Like, you, there's not a lot going on and there's a lot of, not a lot of hope. And the weird thing is, is that there are these dark spots in, in Florida one of which is near Orlando. That's what the book that I'm working on now is about that emanate this real dark weirdness that gives people this kind of like PTSD, right? Where, where they assume something unusual is going to happen because unusual stuff happens all the time. And so everything about their life is weird and creepy. And that kind of permeates what is like the guts of Florida is a lot of towns like that, you know, and, and, and it, there's, it, it's perfect fertile ground for, all these crazy stories you hear about because it's hot. There's not a lot to do. It's an alligator on one side of you, mosquitoes on the other, not to mention all this weird stuff. And, you know, you're in a town that might be, you know, uh, uh, a generation away from completely folding. 
Well, so you said you're close, uh, you know, say obviously Disney is one of the big things that you think of, one of the temple things about Florida. Anything uh, that you've ever heard about paranormal activities or hauntings uh, in, inside of Disney World or what, what's the town? Celebration, Florida? Is that, is that the Celebration. name of the town? You can't, there, there is nothing wrong with Celebration, Florida ever. And I would never say anything because I would have a fleet of lawyers who would uh, <laughs> come down on me so hard for saying anything. We love but, Michael uh, Eisner. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Michael Eisner. Um, you can actually go, uh, I think it's episode uh, 79 we just did, uh, mm -hmm. 78 or 79. My daughter and I ran the gamut of all of the hauntings that are supposed to be in uh, in Disney and Universal. So we actually recently did an episode about that. Probably no the famous one is George. Um, and George is someone who died during the construction of Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. And they say because... When they were building parts of the Caribbean, they used real skulls, and he died while creating it, that his soul got trapped there and his spirit got trapped there. So oh for the last 60 years, people have been reporting seeing this ghost come out uh, like during the scene where they're all like um, uh, uh, drinking beer and stuff like that, and, and all of a sudden, a man will just kind of walk by them. Or people who work there, and nothing ever gets out about the, the members, right? Staff members, mm -hmm. uh, the cast members, I should say. And yet they all reported at night, they actually have to say good night, George, over the intercom, or the next day they're gonna have bad things happen. Oh my God. That's because so, I, I, I see Disney World, right? It's supposed to be the happiest place on earth. It's supposed to be filled with joy. And I just see that as like maybe like a thin veneer. Like it's actually like <laughs> a very sinister place uh behind you know behind the curtain. But uh, another so place got, I, I think is kind of ripe for um you know, paranormal activity. I think of the Everglades. Obviously, where we're up in Massachusetts, um, right. I, I draw the connection to the Bridgewater Triangle of having this kind of murky Native American uh, heavy presence, but almost mm -hmm. like a, a body of, of land that is almost right, impenetrable uh, in certain places, right? You, yeah. you can't really go there. Um, and do, do you see any similarities between the Everglades and the Bridgewater Triangle about having that right. overall mysticness? It's actually probably easier to get through the Everglades than it is to get to the Hockamock. No uh, kidding. Having uh, gone through both of them, uh, the Everglades now you think of as this huge swamp. It's actually not even like that when you go there. I remember the first time we were on our way to Fort Lauderdale, and uh, the person I was with was like, yeah, that was the Everglades. I was like, like I was expecting oh, yeah. to fall and stuff like that, you know? Um, but I do when you get out of there, you got a lot of skunk ape stories. Um, and you get a lot of cryptid stories out of that area a lot more than you get ghost stories. Mm -hmm. But the Ocala National Forest, which is near Orlando, I draw a direct parallel between that and the town state forest. I mean, there are similarities, not only in the activity, not only in the cult activity and the strange crime, but also uh, Puckwudgie sightings, also uh, these weird hauntings, ghost lights, um, uh, this weird time lapse that people get when they go there and all of a sudden they look up and three hours have gone by and they can't find it. They can't figure out what happened mm -hmm. is kind of like the Everglades mixed with like what we would think of as like a Northern forest, like slapped together. Um, and so I, I, I think there's probably a direct line. And unfortunately that direct line seems to be me between the Freetown <laughs> and, uh, and the Ocala. But you know, the, the Everglades are, are, are probably much more, um, Fun. They're almost like an amusement down here. People go and they can they you know they ride the speedboats through it and they look for mm -hmm. and there's fishing and stuff. It's almost like a giant tourist attraction now. Not nearly as like creepy and scary as it was back in the day. Ah, no kidding. 
Speaking yeah. of the uh, puck wedgies, yeah, Tim, yeah, Tim had <laughs> Tim mentioned that you were the one that brought those into the conversation of the for the Bridgewater Triangle and everything. So I, they're, I know they're human-like cryptids or whatever, but can you tell me yeah. more about what the, these things are and, and as pertains to the Bridgewater Triangle too? Sure. Um, so they're kind of like trolls, right? Um, they are these three foot, like three to four foot tall. Um, sometimes they're said covering in hair. What I realize is that there's more than one species and puck wedgie is kind of like an umbrella term. And mm -hmm. I became interested in it because people, when I was writing Dark Woods, people were giving me reports. So it's not like I went out and found a weird cryptid and people were telling me these stories of seeing this thing in the woods um, and then it disappearing. Uh, and this like furry creature that seemed to be part human, part um, part animal somehow, almost like a little mini Bigfoot. And then two or three days later, they would be sleeping in their bed and the puck wedgie would appear in their room, right? Or uh, they would see it out and they were on the second floor and the puck wedgie was just kind of floating kind of Salem's lotish near their window, like uh, looking at them. And it, and it was never, um, it was never an attack. It was always just so you know, I know where you live. That's I, worse, started to have to, yeah. I started to have to de do a deep dive because there was nothing on the internet. This is why Tim says I brought it to people's attention. There was nothing on the internet other than a little kid's book, right? And uh... I got the little kid's book. The little kid's book referenced The Narrow Land, which was a thick book of, of folklore, Native American folklore, not folklore. Got that. And I just started like going through all these different strands and finding out that people have been reporting seeing this little creature for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it has this kind of mischievous, it sometimes alternates between being like a little trickster spirit because it can disappear, it can turn into different uh, um, animals to downright nasty, kidnapping people, burning villages, um, um, seducing people into areas, especially of like the Freetown Forest, and then uh, throwing them over cliffs or, or, or making them fall into, into ditches and then killing them. And, and as everyone, as they die, they become what are known as Taipai Wunkas, which are these ghost lights, which then are used to draw in other people. And there are references, clear-cut references, all throughout Wampanoag folklore of this creature being something that they had to deal with. And like I said, it began as like people giving me real experiences and me trying to figure out, like, okay, well, what are these things? So the word puck wudgie hadn't really been uttered. Wow, Wes, I, I don't know about you, but when the Native Americans start, like when when they're citing this stuff as being real, and then it comes up, like that that freaks me out even more than anything. Yeah, yeah, well, and I, I love the references to uh, the children's stories, right, that you first hear in the reference of the puck wedges, because I, I find that very interesting. Uh, this could be somewhat embarrassing. I find it kind of a nice, interesting quirk, but in college I took a class on, uh, you know, literature and uh, American fairy tales and the importance of it and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and how it kind of got wrapped into American culture. Um, and I always find that interesting that these children's stories are often, like, horrible tales, that get more right. palatable for, for children. And you don't think of them in the same way. Hansel and Gretel, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Is, is there anything to that, that why that, that was introduced to you in a, uh, you know, child's book, uh, child's story, and then, and then I, kind of expands upon? I think it was the only version of it that existed anymore. You know, it's like, I think that, and I, I went, ended up going to Indiana, which was another hotspot and finding out that this is a term that's used by tribes all over the country. Right. And so they were all experiencing very similar things. And they and they basically took the Wampanoag or the Algonquin word for it 
as almost like an umbrella term for monster, right? But mm -hmm. this are pretty much gone. If you don't dig, there's they're gone. The only thing that preserved it was this little book. And of course, it being a De Paolo, he just passed away recently. I can't remember his being one of his works. Um, just look up kids' fairy tales. You're gonna find this guy's work all over the place because he was so popular. The book kind of kept living. And I'm surprised how many times I'll go in to do like a library thing or I'll do a, an event and someone will pull up the Puck Wedgie book and say, oh, I read this when I was a kid. Or I was a I was a, a, a elementary school teacher and I used to use this 20 years ago to teach. You know, there's something about making that story just uh, uh, palpable enough for little kids that the moral of it gets inside their head, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're scared of, I'm scared of, I, uh, you're cringing as I'm telling the story. Part of the mm. And yet the moral of the story is don't mess with them. I mean, they basically not only kill the Wampanoag, they kill God, they kill everybody. And, and it's just like, don't be messing with the forest. The forest has things that are dark, which is what? Little Red Riding Hood, right? Like that's mm -hmm. kind of, uh, of, of truth that is there. And actually what got me back into working on this stuff was things like Slenderman and, uh, and and Jeff the Killer, these stories which are essentially the same stories that the Grimm brothers were writing just with new faces to them. Mm -hmm. So yes. I guess that's why Tim calls me an analytical folklorist because that's the way my mind thinks, you know? No, I love that title though. I, you should have business cards with that on there. You know, Chris Balazano, uh, analytical I have a tattoo folklorist. actually, right? just kidding, I don't really yeah. know. <laughs> there we go, yeah, there's something, something for the future there. I would um, what so there's uh getting back to the Bridgewater Triangle, there's so many things uh that you could kind of pick and choose from uh in this kind of folklore yeah. story. What what drew you to it? Was it the puck wedgies? Is it you know the red uh the red-headed hitchhiker? Is it uh the Wantum Belt, right? And King Philip and that whole story with that. I mean, there's a lot of different layers, right? There's uh mm -hmm. what, what are the big birds, right? The big birds there, the, the pterodactyls and the, yeah, the thunderbirds, yeah. yeah. Thunderbird. Um, Thank you know, you. For me, it, for me, it was 1994, uh, the publication of New England Ghost Files. Uh, and if you haven't read that, and if your audience hasn't read that, that's like one of the books to pick up. Everyone that is the paranormal in New England and like works in it has read this book. And it just happened to be the author was from the town of Rehoboth. And so um, I went out to Rehoboth to Legend Trip, right, to try to experience five or six of the stories that were in his book, including The Redheaded Hitchhiker. Mm -hmm. uh, James Factory Pond, places like that. And I would, as one of the first websites that focused just on Massachusetts, I would write a story about Boston and I would get like, you know, so many hits and like an email, right? And then I would write about the redheaded hitchhiker or something in Rehoboth and I would get 7,000 times more. You know what I'm saying? I would get like yeah. 4,000 hits on it. And like 17 emails about people asking me about it or telling their experience. And so what compelled me was just to follow up on those stories. Why are all these people having these crazy experiences? And then one day my boss, who was from uh, Seekonk, uh, came into my office. I was a librarian at, at Suffolk. And he said, have you heard of this town, Freetown? Uh, go look into that. Take the afternoon and, and you don't have to work. Just go in and, and look, look into Freetown, which I now know is another one of the apexes of the triangle. Mm -hmm. That took me about 10 minutes of looking into Freetown to realize there was some crazy shit going on there. And then I was hooked, right? Like once you start going and doing that research and you start publishing that research, people just find you. And it was story after story after story. 
I bet, and I hate that redheaded hitchhiker story. Tim, the first time Tim told me that was on the way back from Foxborough. I've said it on the show before, but it was just, That's it was funny. nighttime. It was a terrible, and I used to drive by there a lot for work too. So or, like that general area, enough that yeah. it, it freaks me out. So I, I, I freaking hate that story. Um, and uh, But still, I would love to know what your favorite Bridgewater Triangle story is that you've learned about over the years you've, wow. that, you, or, that you've gotten to know uh, more about. Yeah, I, I like the lady, uh, the lady of the ledge. Okay. Or the, you know, the the lady in white. People have called it different things, um, and that is uh, at the Asanet Ledge, which I think is the most haunted single location within the within the Bridgewater Triangle. I've never gone there day or night and not had something unusual happen. Oh, good to know. I have family. There are, <laughs> but there are, um, um, you know, it's a, it's a. a, a you know, a water reserve. I can't think of where it is right now. Please help me out. Um, but it's, it, you know, it's a ledge and then the water. And it's oh, going- yeah, like a lake or a pond. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a man-made one that's made oh, for blasting. Like a reservoir? Reservoir. Thank you yes. very much. Oh, okay, yes. like right. a lake or a pond. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, that a thousand right. No, like it's actually. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, they, they and, and, and of course the story is, is that uh, they started taking uh, stuff from the ledge. They started blasting, and then a whole bunch of people died in one of the blasts. So it was already this really cursed location. You're dealing with stone. You've got this uh, this reservoir, which, according to Alan Alves, who's a detective uh, in Freetown, or was a detective in Freetown, this is a prime dump spot. They have no idea how many people are in that water, right? How many people are, because it's basically a bottomless pit. Uh, they've sent people down there and it's too cold and they can't stay down there long enough to find them. They're supposedly the site of multiple suicides. People have seen ghost lights coming out of the water. So it already has this, this history to it. But then one of the stories, and this is kind of goes back to haunted love. One of the stories is of a woman who went up there to meet her, uh, the man she loved and he never showed up. And so she jumped from her death to the, uh, into the water. Mm -hmm. And that is repeated time and time again between residents, right? So uh, I have a friend, I don't know if you know, Matt Moniz, who mm. experienced this not knowing who she was. And then his friends were like, oh, yep, you saw the lady of the ledge. You saw the lady in white. Um, people have reported her for decades. Like they'll be partying and they'll see this woman and she jumps off and they, they don't even recognize her. And then they never hear a splash or anything like that. And the crazy thing is when I was writing Ghosts of the Bridgewater Triangle, I think, or, or Darkwoods, one of them, I tried to get Matt Moniz to tell me that story on tape. Three different times I recorded the story, and it never came out. Oh, my All God. It was when I went to play it back, there was just silence or static, so I couldn't hear anything. So it's almost as if, which I think happens a lot in the Bridgewire Triangle, they don't want stories to get out. Something was interfering with, uh, with my retelling that. That's the kind of thing that I find most most shocking. Whenever these kind, when you're talking about a story and then somehow recording, whether it's camera, audio, whatever, it just doesn't work out. Like that's where when you talk about the the like it's all manifested by certain individuals and, and concentrated in one area. But when something like that happens, it seems like there's more at play to me. Yeah, and it's oddly convenient for us, right? Because like I have the greatest. Day. There was a demon on this tape. Trust me. Like it's oddly, you know, it's right. us and that stuff does, doesn't happen. But what most people don't understand is how frustrating it is. Right. So I had um, here in Florida, 
uh, we were in Sarasota where the most famous picture of the skunk ape, which is a, the Florida version of Bigfoot, the most famous picture was taken. We were in that, we were in tracking down some other kinds of legends and we found these cages that they had for hubs. And my daughter and my co-host at the time banged on the, on the trees, right? Cause, cause Bigfoot is a tree knocker. And so they banged on it three times and we heard three clangs back almost like metal on metal as if something was hitting this cage. We went around that park for the next two hours. No matter where we went, we kept hearing those three metal clangs, clang, 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 to the point that we thought maybe there was something wrong with the car, right? Mm -hmm. Event for a, for a library, and I uh, want that audio. I want those clangs. And so I'm, I'm like, I hope I caught them. And clearly my daughter's joking around, and then you hear, <laughs> and then you hear the co-host say, they were just the clangs. Did you get them? Did you get them on tape? For some reason, one recording I have completely drops out only in that moment. That kind of stuff happens, unfortunately, all the time. And, and that has to know, all, as frustrating that it is to not be able to present that evidence, quote unquote, to you know outsiders, that has to be a confirmation to you uh, when, when you knew and lived it, but uh, knowing that something came back and was deleted or whatever, something happened. Yeah, and as a legend tripper, right, and as a folklorist, I love that, right? As an investigator, back in the day when that would happen, that would annoy me to all hell. But being a folklorist and only wanting to worry about the experience and then how to craft that story so other people get freaked out and scared and interested, um, I, it, it's completely okay. That's, I wish I still had those claims, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I got I got one last question here before uh, we, we wrap things up, if that's okay with you. Of course, we're about uh, twelve days away from Halloween. Uh, I know you were mentioned uh, when we're referring to the Bridgewater Triangle. But, um, there is some cult activity there. Oh yeah. Um, where Where are some good places? You know, leading up to Halloween that are uh, could be spiritual hotspots if you wanted to go and kind of want to freak yourself out uh, in Massachusetts or or the New England area. In Massachusetts, I would say you know. If you're thinking Bridgewater Triangle, there's always a redheaded hitchhiker Route 44 right on the line. It's the easiest one to do. I know you're freaking out, but yeah. take a step yeah. back. What's good about that is you can uh, you can look for the redheaded hitchhiker, and then you can stop off at Anawan Rock, which is right there as well. And mm -hmm. Anawan Rock is one of the most haunted places in the Bridgewater Triangle too. Uh, ghost fires have been seen there. People have heard chanting. People have been yelled at in Native American language there. Um, so that's a really good place. I always prefer, I did my very first legend trip uh, through Rehoboth, like I was talking about. Uh, mm -hmm. Places like the Shade Factory Pond, Palmer River Burial Ground. Um, you can uh, you can look at those places. That's a really great area. Freetown, I'd stay out of the forest, man. There's some weird stuff happening. I wouldn't go there uh, on Halloween. If you're more in the metro area, I think a really great place is the uh, burial ground that's in Boston Common, right? So that place is kind of one of the untapped, um, really ghostly, people have weird experiences, people experience time slips there, both there and in the common. You can go downtown, you can take yourself a nice ghost tour, um, uh, and the, but then actually go into the, 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 both the cemetery and the Boston Common, and you're gonna find these really weird, interesting haunts that are there. 
I love that. Because you know, anyone could go to Salem, right? You know, and that's going to be packed out. You ever go to Salem around Halloween, you can't move. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's right. tough around there. So, but, you know, there's there's other places. And I'm sure Salem gets the popularity, but, you know, maybe doesn't have the same juice uh, that some of these other places might have. Not yeah, like and, Freetown. <laughs> and there's, there's a lot of other places, but it's one of those things where, like, can I really advocate you going uh, right. <laughs> places in Danvers or Taunton State or Foxborough, those, you know, or Met State. Those are all really great places, but they're dangerous. You're not supposed to go there without permission, so it's a really difficult sell. But that doesn't mean you can't go there if you're looking for yeah. something <laughs> interesting to do, right? right. So, yeah. So, I love so it. actually, well, hold, before um, I, Chris, when you bring up dangerous, like okay, so the like Freetown, right? We're thinking cults and everything like that, and then I'm sure I'm sure that's not safe either. But when you're talking about Danvers or whatever, like what there's some dangerous ones that like are you not allowed to go to these either well i'm not supposed to i have a season desist order on talking about danvers at all oh wow they haven't talked to me in about 10 years so i think it's probably okay but in addition to it being condominiums now the majority of its condominiums so it's completely illegal to go there right uh, so there's also this kind of heightened sense of security especially you know during halloween but when you actually go into like the tunnels so i spent some time in the tunnels that are there, which were which connected some of the buildings. Not only was it scary in terms of uh, uh, all the stories and all the monsters, all the demons and the ghosts that are said to be there, but there is a heck of a lot of homeless people, right? A lot of people who spent time in Danvers who were then released because of Dukakis and then like had no other place to go. And so they went back to what was familiar. And at one point there was almost like a little, I don't know how old you guys are. If you remember the TV show, Beauty and the Beast, where they had this wow. underground world, like it was kind of like that in in uh, in Danvers for a while. There was an entire civilization living underneath the ground, um, which would not harm you unless it felt threatened. Uh, I think that's obviously lessened since the condos were put in, but you find that in little patches in these oldest insane asylums or these old mental health facilities all across um, all across Massachusetts is that there are still people who live in the woods nearby because that's what they know, or they go back there during certain times of the year because that's what they know. Um, or in these underground places, which some are known, some are unknown. So hmm. I, I love it. I love the idea. Cause it, I, I think that has to be uh, a, a hotbed. Like we said, to kind of open up this conversation, those uh, insane asylums, those mental health institutes uh, from back in the day. I, I don't know why I always associate those with Massachusetts. I feel like those get brought up a lot. Yeah. I know yeah. New Mutants used um, uh, a Massachusetts insane asylum. I know Shutter Island did as well. Um, mm. you know, is, is that – uh, do you uh, see uh, a lot of those around other states? Or is it just you like – do you find no, Massachusetts? You, okay, so like the one of the differences between Florida and Massachusetts, right? Florida – uh, when a town goes under, the town goes under, right? You don't have, hear of towns disappearing in Massachusetts, right? Just a different generation of people move in and out. Like in Florida, things go away. Hmm. Massachusetts buildings stay and they stay for generations. Mm -hmm. A place like Taunton, which was where Lizzie Borden spent the night, right? Uh, uh, while she was waiting trial, like it's mm -hmm. And I was getting reports from teenagers who were locked up in there because they were juvenile criminal offenders. And I, I, I was their teacher in another facility in Braintree, but they were coming from Taunton. So you have an insane asylum, which then became a tuberculosis hospital, which then became a, a, a jail for kids. All of that energy, generational energy, lifting around, 
all these kids reported seeing these dark shadows, these shadow men who would watch them sleep at night, right? Or have time slips where they would be, um, they would they would all of a sudden uh, feel the heat or hear like the chanting of when a satanic ritual was done in the basement, right? The buildings don't go away, man. Taunton's still there, right? It's just a new thing now. So how can you expect it to go through all these generations of having crazy stuff happen, of having all this stuff which can generate a ghost and then saying, well, now it's an office building, so it's perfectly fine. Like, it just right. doesn't happen. So, yeah. yeah, so ghosts just don't go away in Massachusetts. Oh, God. Okay, well, <laughs> stay here. I'll let, we're in a good spot. Yeah, I'm going to stay right at my place on Halloween. I'm definitely not going to go to any of the places that Chris talked about. Maybe I'll look for some of your books online. Now, we talked about the Florida one. I, I, can, can you tell us where to find all these? Sure. You can go to Amazon. Um I think I'm pretty sure if you're in Massachusetts, Dark Woods and Ghost of Bridgewater Triangle are still on the shelves. Um, other than that, I have Haunted Objects and Ghostly Adventures. Those two you can get on Amazon. Um, those are two really great, like, across-the-country ghost stories. Uh, Haunted Objects, we're going to – Tim and Tim Weisberg and I wrote that together. We're looking to reissue it, update it a little bit. Nice. Um, and then I have two that are about um, that are about how to investigate ghosts back in my investigator days. Uh, picture yourself ghost hunting and picture yourself capturing ghosts on film. Not so much with the spooky, more with the technical, like how to look for ghosts um, and how to capture them on tape and stuff like that. But there's still, you know, interesting stories spattered out. But any of these you can get on Amazon if you want. Okay. So, and then obviously the newest one is Haunted Florida Love Stories that just came out recently. I think it was in September. There's no like record of your books being haunted or anything like that, right? Or possessed or whatever. Just want to make sure. Uh, I'm looking. You mean like an actual one that I've written? Yeah, so one that you've written. Yes. Uh, I would say that I used to give them out when I would date somebody, right? Like <laughs> the first date, instead of getting them flowers, I would give them a book. <laughs> second date, I would sign it for them to guarantee that I would get the second date. A lot of those relationships went bad, so I think those books might be cursed somehow. <laughs> Okay. But other than that, I think you're going to be fine. Okay, I like it. Okay, that, that's good to Although, know. The curse is you have to buy every single one for nothing bad to happen or for bad things to happen, whichever way you want to look at it. Duly well, noted. You you heard it first here, so there's there's only one way to go. You know, there's only yeah. one thing to do now, right? Um, and Chris, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time out here. Uh, before we let you go, where where can the people find you? Trippingonlegends.com uh, is the website. Is the best place. No matter where you get your podcast. Just type tripping on legends. Um, and honestly, to you know, it, it, even in the days of websites and websites being, you know, less relevant, Facebook.com backslash tripping on legends. That's honestly where the show comes out live every Tuesday from there. Uh, in addition to being on Midnight FM, that's where I post kind of all my stuff to it. Everything the everything the Instagram goes straight into that. So if you were just to to like and follow tripping on legends uh, on Facebook you would get the complete Balzano package and you could totally embrace the balls. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Did you just come up with that on the spot or is that so, has that been a motto for your, your duration of your life? What, the, the, the embrace the balls? Yeah. No, I say that I say that to my freshmen every year. I'm like, I it's, love it. My name is Balzano. It's okay. Embrace the balls. It's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, man. Because uh, they giggle. <laughs> so 
Yes, of course. It's a good icebreaker. That's that's good. Yeah, I like that. You win the kids over. That I like way. I like my balls to break the ice as much as possible. Yeah. That's oh, it. A little man. chilly, yeah. Uh, a little chilly though. Uh, speaking <laughs> of chill, I got chills uh, up and down from our conversation here, Chris. So I really appreciate you taking the time out here. And uh, everyone, go go pick up uh, Haunted Florida Love Stories on on Amazon or wherever you can find books. And listen to them on Midnight.fm where you can hear us as well. Thanks, Chris. Where it's always midnight. That's <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thanks so much, Chris. Take right, care. Man. See you, man. All right, guys. Thank you very much for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Thank All right. you very much. Yeah. Woo. Christopher Balzano, uh, bring, bring me some heat there. You can also follow him on Twitter at Spooky Balzano. I'm not sure if you mentioned that or not, but we'll give that an extra plug there on Twitter. Um, and and we're, we're going to TLDR here for a minute. Oh, no. We're coming back. Okay, great. So, <laughs> Oh, no, uh, no, no, no. This is time for the, the uh, keeping up with the Kardashian stuff. Yeah, well, I just want to put a wrap up on this. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. I got chills through that conversation. Uh, definitely a charismatic <sighs> guy. I um, mean, if you're on the fence about – you know, whether you believe in ghosts or paranormal activities or hauntings or how, however you wanted to uh, describe it. Um, I think he does a fantastic job of uh, making it entertaining at the very least. So even if you are skeptical about that sort of thing, I think he does it in a uh, very uh, entertaining way. And of course, he's, he's a teacher, so he's going to come with some educational background in it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing about Tim, too, is they, they, they're very similar in their, their storytelling, but obviously they have their own things and some differences, but they really know how to... These guys are pros. This is what they do. I mean, like Tim goes and speaks at libraries all the time and talks about hauntings in that specific mm-hmm. area of Massachusetts. Chris obviously has Bridgewater Triangle and everything, so he these guys know these things they know how to tell the stories they've been doing it for a long time that's why we wanted to have them on for all you guys so you can hear some of these stories so stories that some of them Wes and i have heard but more like the ones that chris is talking about other than the red-headed hitchhiker i haven't heard any of those stories and the danvers one that's why i bring up no. dangerous i'm like what what no yeah the, the danvers thing was really interesting i've heard about taunton some some things going on in taunton that have been uh kind of like i think i think we're thinking about the same insane asylum uh that was there so i've, I've heard about that before but again to hear just kind of get it brought back up to you and, and hear it from a different perspective you know of course you know tim and i know they're maybe cut from the same cloth but you know hearing it from two different people for some reason validates it to me a little bit more Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. They, yeah, they're, they're definitely cut from the same cloth. I mean, Tim, I've heard, like I've said to Chris when we first had him on, like he's, I've been hearing about Chris Balzano for a long time, like longer than this show. So when Tim recommended to him, just like, Oh yeah, that's right. This, this is Tim's guy. Thousand percent. Yeah. Understandably. So, I mean, that was it's between the hauntings and the Bridgewater triangle and everything. And I mean, that's what uh, we all know. Like you guys like the Dorktober stuff and you know, you get the scary stories telling the dark that Dork's doing and then the movies and everything. These are the scary stories that are happening in your backyard. So it's, you know, these guys have done substantial research on it. So if you like the Chris interview, make sure you go back, listen to the Tim interview that we did. That was episode 86, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah. And and episode 39, uh, going back on the, on the actual Bridgewater triangle uh, that came right after our candy draft. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, so absolutely. Yeah. They, they go back and listen to all those. They, they, Tim does a great job telling stories and we'll have to have Chris on again sometime to talk some more. Hopefully I can yeah. just remember to send the link, you know, before the show. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and now uh, let's decompress a little bit um, after getting uh, our, our spookies uh, scared right out of us. Let's uh, take it a little easier. Let's, let's take some push and calm down. <laughs> uh, so let's get caught up with keeping up with the Kardashians with special guest Courtney Kardashian. Take it away, Wes. I'll be there for you 90% of the time. Do I look fat? Just like 20 pounds overweight. My diamond earring came off in the ocean. Why are your 
out. I'm really hungry, but I'm not in the mood. That is so embarrassing for your life and your soul. So I gotta be real with you guys. You look like f***ing clowns. Thanks, Wes. And welcome back to another installment of Getting Caught Up with Keeping Up with the Kardashians with our special guest and sponsor for the episode, Courtney Kardashian and Poosh. Am I saying that right, Courtney? How are you? Hi, Wesley. Yes, you're saying that right. It's Poosh. Thanks. Thanks so much for coming back again. And uh, let, let's start off with a, a little bit of a hardball question here. Uh, who are you wearing? Um, so I'm actually wearing skims head to toe. I don't know if you know, that's my sister's line. Mm -hmm. of, Can you breathe? Um, shapewear. Yeah, no, this is just um, the cozy collection. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's loungewear. Um, yeah, we love skims. We love Fan a good skim. Fantastic. And now we're, we're up to episode, what is it, five of mm -hmm. uh, season 19 now? And it's and it's just it's just more dropout of this uh Kendall and uh and what's the other one's name? Why am I blanking on her name? Kylie. And Kylie, yeah. Oh my god, you literally forgot Kylie. I, I, I don't I know. So Shame on me. I'm, I'm more focused on you though. I'm so embarrassed for your life and your soul. <laughs> wow. Okay, but but enough about me. Yeah, enough about you. So <laughs> Okay, so this episode, Wesley, is literally mm -hmm. all about that stupid Kendall-Kylie fight, which we're all over it. I mean, they really just dragged it out for the whole episode. So it starts with me, Kim, and Chloe, and we're talking about the fight, and we're trying not to pick sides, even though we're definitely picking Kendall's. Um, we just don't really want to get involved with it, you know? Um, you're, sister you're drama. On... You're on Kylie's side. I thought Kendall felt uh, alienated. No, we're on Kendall's side. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because we just feel. I'll get to that in a second. Well, where do you uh, stand yeah. with with Corey Gamble? If I if I may interject, uh, I mean, he seems like a real divisive character. He is just so random and literally was no one until he started dating my mom and literally no one cares about his storylines it's just really sad to be honest i don't understand why he's there i mean good for my mom i guess if she's happy but Corey is just i'm not a fan of his me neither. I'm not a big. We're, we're in the same boat on that one. Corey, Corey's oh, got to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. He, he stirs the pot in all the wrong ways. He does. So after that, they uh, go to Malika, who is gathering her girlfriends to go on a baby moon. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that is? No, a baby. I know a honeymoon. Yeah. So a baby moon is supposed to be with like preferably the baby daddy. And you go right before you have the baby and you go on a vacation, whatever. It's a baby moon. So they go to Palm Springs with her girlfriend um, because obviously OT and her are not together. Right. Um, I mean, nothing really happens there. Malika gets annoyed that people keep telling her about who he's dating when they're not together anymore. And she's just kind of hormonal and bitchy. No offense, Malika. Sorry, but. Yeah, nothing yeah, she, really happens there. Shared a bunch of stuff saying that she didn't care about what was going on, but then was clearly cared about it. 
but then she shared it. I know. I know. I was so glad that I didn't go to that. That was all Chloe. So um, after that, Kylie talks to my mom about her and the fight. Again, they're talking about the fight. Oh, my God. Get over the fight already. I know. And she insists that they both think that they're right. And what do you want to hear what I think happened? Yeah, of course. That's why you're here. Yeah. So (laughs) I think I think Kylie was drunk and got kind of crazy and aggressive. And Kendall took it too far because she gets easily offended. And that's all it was. There was nothing more. Kylie uh, has kind of been at the center of a lot of controversy recently. She's in the middle of this fight, and, you know, she was in the middle of the Tory guns, Megan the Stallion shooting, apparently. Yeah. Well, in the episode, in last week's episode, she takes shots, and she gets, like, really drunk at, when they go out. So she was probably just drunk, and then Kendall got super mad about it, which leads to the last part. Corey and Chris take tango lessons, I guess, in an attempt to make up for the fight because Corey feels bad or Chris sense. feels bad. It's yeah. definitely not pre-organized or anything. No, 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 no. It, definitely not. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, so Kendall flips out on Corey on the phone. They have a fight and she keeps saying that. Uh, or he keeps saying that he wasn't involved and it was their fight. And she's like, no, apologize, apologize. It's, oh, I, I think Kendall's overreacting and being crazy. But also, Corey just kind of sucks. So I'm torn. You, you should just stay out of it. I do. Why do you think I partially left the show? Yeah. And, you know, I, I, have, to, I have to bring something up here because uh, mm-hmm. there's been certain times throughout this this most recent episode where I swear you sound exactly like my beautiful wife. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. And then other times you sound like uh, Courtney again. And it's, it's very uh, it's, it's throwing me for a loop. That's so crazy. Maybe me and your wife um, have stuff in common. I think so. I think so. Uh, very much so. Um Let's see what what anything else to, in the episode here, or, or may I ask you what you're going to be getting your sister uh, for for her birthday? For you know, of course, she handed you your career. Well, Wesley, that's debatable. I'm sorry, that was stirring the pot. I that was stirring was the pot rude to me when I do so much for you. Um, <laughs> you do, so you do. I know. Anyway, she's going to be forty on Wednesday. I had an emotional breakdown when I turned 40, but I think she's doing better. Um, I was just going to probably get her a Poosh subscription. I mean, I can't think of a better gift than that. It's the gift that keeps on giving you money. I like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we don't have to put it that way, but you aren't wrong. I like it. No, that's that's really nice. And, and of mm-hmm. course... Um, yeah, I think I think that's it. I think I got everything yeah. here. You know, I I normally have a question about um, you know, maybe maybe some Hold love advice. Mason. Oh. <laughs> Mason, get off Instagram. Get off Instagram live. Wow, this, this is what happens when we do Sorry. it. You know, when you're doing it live, you, no, you have a family. It's late. It's a late night for Mason. Sorry, I just don't want Mason to go on Instagram live again. Uh, we knew what happened with last last time. Yeah, you got to take the phone away. I know. Stop it. Oh, I'm sorry, Wesley. 
Uh, I, so, you know, thank you so much. I'm going to let you get back to your kids. Thank you okay. so much again for uh, taking some time out of your day here to break down and, and get us caught up with, with keeping up with the Kardashians. Of course. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks very much. Uh, and back to you, Wes. So I got to be real with you guys. You look like f***ing clowns. So I thought that, was, that sounded pretty good, Nick. Uh, you know, it, Oh, yeah. What did you think of everything they had to say? I thought it was compelling as always. I think Courtney is a true professional. And uh, despite the fact that you always mistreat her every single episode, I think she does an outstanding job and rises above that every time. So we appreciate her very much. This is a, this is a re- recurring theme where you just think I'm I'm constantly ridiculing. Uh, I listen Courtney. to it every time, Wes. I know. I'm the one that has to put, you know, insert into the audio version of the episode so I know what, what happens. I, I'm just being playful. Uh, well, should you be playful with other women when you're married? Well, you know, this this could be a for, form of role play, if you will. Oh, could it <laughs> spice things up? Yeah. Oh well, I'll have to ask Julia about that. I'm very curious. I'll be I'll be Scott Disick any day of the week. Hmm. So you're uh, so who are you Scott Disick for though? For Courtney or for Julia? I'm confused. I, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. The, mm. my, my worlds are blending together. I don't even know who's who. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. Well, what have you been doing in the uh, in the quarantine corner, Wes? Uh, well, I golfed. Uh, I golfed despite injury. I had my Michael Jordan flu game. Uh, I had, had my best score in like two or three years. I shot 90 at the Brookside Club in, in Buzzards Bay. And that was uh, – um, of course, it was on my blacklist for a while because it frustrated me so much. I would just lose balls constantly and everything there. So uh, I went back and tried it and conquered it. And the injury, uh, you may or may not be asking, I have a horrible case of poison ivy on my arm right now, specifically on my elbow. So mm. it, it's tough. Like every, It's not healing well because every oh. time it scabs and then I uh, bend my elbow or do something with my elbow, it cracks. Oh, so It's like it's very tight. So every time oh. you can imagine on your swing, like my elbow was pretty swollen yesterday. Um, so I had my Michael Jordan flu game play great. Loved it. So are you, um, is that why you're wearing sleeves right now? Cause you didn't want to scar me for life. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been wearing a lot of sleeves, uh, you know, a lot of long sleeves recently, not just because it's, it's sweatshirt weather, but I'm trying to, uh, help everyone out. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. I hope you, I hope you feel better. I'm happy about your golf game though. I knew I could tell you were very excited when you informed the group chat about how you played. Yeah, well, you know, someone likes to uh, want wanted to take a shot, you know, saying I play from the ladies' tees. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't appreciate that so much, Nick. It was more a shot at you making a typographical error, which I know you pride yourself on, and I think hey, being around. I corrected myself before anyone responded. Well, I don't know that you did, because Doctor Joe asked a question and he was confused, and he's a doctor, so he's automatically the smartest person in the group. First of all. He's a he's a chiropractor. Uh, uh-huh. You know, it's like calling a dentist a doctor, uh, but but not okay. Oh. So, uh, and secondly, I think it was Mac. And then once again, we are the official. Well, I am uh, one half of the official podcast of reading and comprehension. Uh, it was definitely Doctor Joe. And then Mac took some shots at you, and then I clarified what it was, making a joke about your typographical errors, which I think has started to happen more and more the more you've hung up with Goo, because as we all know, Goo cannot read. Which turns out also means goo cannot type. Yeah, it's just more um my, my fat thumbs, you know. That's kind of what it is. You can't, what are you talking about? You weigh less than I do. Well, yeah. 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 So you, I got I still got fat thumbs. I don't know what you want me to say. Uh, okay. You got fat you got uh, some 
thick calves. I know that. That's mm. true. That's true. But enough about my body. Okay. I also watched um, American Murder, the Family Next Door documentary. Oh. Um, I did hear uh, Mac and Goo recommend this, and we st- the wife and I stayed away from this a little bit just because it looks so depressing. We finally watched it last night, and it was absolutely 100% the most fucked up depressing thing I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's about a. I won't get into it. It's a real life story that happened uh, a couple of years ago. It's fairly recent uh, out in Colorado. But if if you've ever seen the movie Gone Girl, uh, it's like that, but without the twist at the end. Oh, 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 shit! Really? Yeah, yeah. So it's just really messed up. I did see Gone Girl. I think that came out when I was in college. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's a good movie. All right. I think I think I'm gonna. Uh, I think I'm gonna watch this now. So yeah, just, it's it's really disturbing because it's it involves children that get murdered, and they the whole documentary has um, a lot of home videos that were taken off of like Facebook um, that show uh, you know videos of the the deceased. Huh. So I don't want to give too much away, but that that's uh, my non spoiler so review. Good, but not for the faint of heart. It was very good. It's just very like. The the culprit, the uh, the killer here is like a complete piece of shit. And you just not only that, he's like very stupid. Like, I just don't know what he was going through his mind when he um, was finally questioned by the cops. And like he ended up taking a polygraph test and they're asking him about it. And he just blatantly lied throughout the whole polygraph test. And the person was like, so, you know, you failed that. Right. Like now we have to talk about like the truth. And he's like, no, 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 I didn't lie. Like your machine's wrong. <laughs> and he, oh. that was his plan. He was taking a polygraph test where he told the truth or didn't tell the truth. He lied, but they knew they were going to figure that out. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like that wasn't fully thought out. No, doesn't sound like it at all. Ooh, okay. All right. I, I'm interested in this. And yeah, I know you're big into these documentaries. So, I mean like this, they make Netflix make some good ones. That's yeah. And, sure. and I think unsolved mysteries just came uh, back on tonight. Uh, the second installment of that on Netflix. Is that and then there's the murder mysteries too, or is that something else? I'm confused. There's there's so many mystery things that they have going on right now. Though. Yeah, so there is uh, murder mysteries, uh, which is what hashtag Dork is doing this week. Oh, that's where I got confused. Mm-hmm. Okay, because there's something else that. Okay, whatever. Anyways, but there is there's like cold case files or something like that. It's all they have a lot of that similar like murder documentary stuff. Right, right. But this one sounds like maybe the best one, although it sounds like an awful story. Yeah, it's it's um it's an interesting take. Again, they really like pull on your heartstrings there by showing all like the family videos. Okay. Well, on Netflix, I watched uh I finished up Van Helsing. Season four of that is on Netflix, which I believe it's still carried on sci-fi. I'm not sure, but I friggin' love this show. And look, if you don't like there's a reason behind the action, but I could easily see like, you know, Mac who doesn't like action for the sake of action. I believe you've gone on record saying that you feel the same way, right? You don't like action for the sake of just for the sake of it. Right? No, I do. You do. I like a good action flick. Yeah. Someone else said that too. I forget who it was. Well, no, I know. Okay. All right. Anyways, I think if you like scary stuff, but it's not like, yeah, the vampires can be a little bit scary, but like outside of that, I wouldn't say you're going to deal with a whole ton of – you're not going to deal with jump scares and stuff. I recommend this to people. I really enjoyed it. I, it's the fourth season. I think it's 13 episodes a season, so it's, it's a little long for your taste, Wes, so maybe you're not going to like it. I mean they're they're 40-minute episodes though, so maybe okay. that helps. Okay. But I really enjoyed it. You like a strong female character? You're definitely going to get that here with Van Helsing. She's a freaking badass, and I didn't realize this till I think – almost finished the season. She's also in True Blood. She's Joe Maganillo's, Mangello's uh, girlfriend. In, oh, first girlfriend okay. In the so show. is this, should this have been called Vanessa Helsing since it's played by a girl? 
Maybe because I mean her name is Vanessa Van Helsing. But oh, is it? Is it really? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, you, I hadn't told you. Oh shit! Oh okay. no, yeah. I, I was just trying to make a witty pun. Uh, oh, that I was just spot on. Yes, you were spot. On. Yeah, it's Vanessa Van Helsing, and it's based off of a comic too, which you know, I know that carries some weight for some people. I want to read the comic. It's from uh, a smaller publisher that I haven't heard of often, but the the artwork it's like. You know how, like, you so, know, women in comics can be drawn very risque, and it sure. looks like with that, it's a little bit. I, I, I don't mind that once in a while, but it seems with that book, it's really over the top. So is this? So would the um, the Wolverine Hugh Jackman uh, show was it? Is it originally a, a female character in the comic books? No, uh, in this comic, yes, but the uh, like from the Drac original Dracula story, I think it's Doctor Van Helsing is a guy. Oh, okay. Yes, and that, and like this Van Helsing, but then like Wolverine's Van Helsing, which I did enjoy that movie too, um, or Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing, whatever. He's more, you know, he's an action hero and hunter and stuff. It's it's a little different interpretation, different twists. So, um, so yeah, I really, I really enjoyed, I enjoy that movie, but I can understand that people saying that movie's not good. I get behind that i think this show is good i don't know the ratings or, or whatever um quick reminder for everybody who listens to tldr as well we are changing our broadcast times to seven going forward on thursday just a thing for me on the work end we've been doing it at eight before so just in case you guys want to watch the live stream of that as well mm-hmm. and um we also wes and i um and perhaps another member of the dsg have something um in the works that could be coming your way soon on this channel. Just make sure if you guys haven't already, you're subscribed to the Change My Mind podcast on, on either our audio channel, whether it's like iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever, yeah. or on Geek World Ride Radio, where we put anything unique that we might do on our channel over there as well. Just just because some something might be coming up down the line. Um, feels like we're, we're getting close to it, but I don't want to spoil something it. Big, something big from our childhood that we all loved. How's that? Yes, I think that's a good way to, to leave it because until because you know when it's done, you guys will know. We'll be yeah, laughing. And, and this is a fantastic get by uh, Nick here, uh, who's just turning into like a like an agent from the CAA or something like that. You know, just just getting all these guests. So that's great. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It seems like we're there, but we got we got to wait till it's done. Once it's done, then we're then we can let everybody. Drew know. Rosenhaus, I love it. Uh, so hashtag dork as Wes mentioned did murder mystery uh, their second murder mystery there tonight actually, yes if you're listening to us on the live stream they're doing it at 808 which I don't understand all of that but 808s and heartbreaks maybe uh, Mac and Goo did horror movie villain masks which I haven't listened to that yet because uh, they've only done the video version but I will be listening to that excited now, and if then, I'm not mistaken I remember asking them if they've done an episode on like a ranking like a definitive ranking or a Mount Rushmore of the horror movie villain mess and they said they did a goose juicy six pack so this is an expansion of that I'm guessing this is very true I remember you doing that yes oh my god that's right you did you did bring that up I hope they gave you credit no, I, I'm sure they didn't. And I believe when I did bring it up, they said, we've already done that pretty quickly. Uh, and, then, and then like Goo was like throughout the, like even had the episode. Like, I don't know if he has like, like a file in his brain where he just knows all the episodes, but like, I'll ask him random things from different. Like, hey, what episode was this from where you did this or you did this bit or you played this, air, you know, this song and he knows it right offhand. Yep. So I, I'm a little surprised um, that they're, that they're going through with this, but I'm happy that I'm creating content for others. Yes, you know, between it, TLDR, yeah. uh, horror, mo- horror movie villain mask, you know. 
Yeah, and you were on Furlough Friends too, and did the whole uh, right. Yeah, just giving content, just giving ideas out there. Bingo, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the debate bingo. Yeah. PCP has snubbed us both for off their office season three review. They're going to have Lucy on, which mm -hmm. she is the biggest office fan I know besides you. And uh, I'm a little insulted that they didn't bring me back, and or that they didn't replace me with you at least. Well, are, are you surprised though? You know, uh, you know, you, you you really came through like Icarus uh, in that in that office season one two review. Wes, they did a voting because Rossi felt so confident that he wasn't going to lose that poll uh, on performances within that episode. And Keith and I, nobody beats Keith in any polls ever in the DSG. And I I came within like uh, what was it one and a half percent. Of knocking off the champ. Oh, I didn't know what the final was. Was yeah. it that close? Yeah. Yeah, it was really close. It, it was closer than that. It, that's the, the back. It was one and a half percent. There's nothing wrong with being Icarus. That, that that just describes it even close. You flew too close to the sun. That's it. Well, I'm I'm okay. I'm sorry. I'm just pissed at Rossi. That's all. Yeah. I'm not mad. I understand. Sorry. That's what all this is. This whole episode is. Anytime that I've expressed any frustration towards Wes. It's just been – it's all to do with Ross. It's displaced anger. It's immature me. I, well, I just thought this was a carryover from me questioning your uh, legitimacy of being Portuguese. <sighs> I was I was going to let that slide. <laughs> well, this is just comeback. Yeah, I'm slowly coming back for all the cape digs uh, over the over the summer uh, up until now. So I'm just slowly getting back to you. I've told you I feel really bad because I did it like a couple times and it has turned into this whole thing in the group chat now where everybody else is in on it but me. Like I don't even make the joke. You don't even it. have to. It doesn't know. Other people will bring it up now, which is uh, which <laughs> yes. is great. It lives on. So again, anything worth fighting for is worth fighting for, right? Isn't that the, the popular phrase? This is true. And uh, furloughed friends, speaking of schedule changes, yes. um, they're gonna, the Thursday show is now going to be on Fridays going forward. That will still be at 9 and, of course, Tuesday at nine. That is the only show in the DSG that is video only. You can watch that on Lucy's tw uh, Twitter or on the hashtag Dork Shared Universe Facebook page. I think we've got everything, Wes, right? I think so. I think we do. Uh, should we go back to a uh, rewatch vault? It's been a while. We could do that. That's that's definitely the other thing I had mentioned to you was talking about move like movies and shows that are like kind of spooky or kind of Halloweenish. But not, um, not you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I don't know if I want to do that. Like the more I've thought about, it, I don't know how that would necessarily work. So we'll see. It sounds we'll like a real uh, bland topic. Mm. Kind of well, like the kind of like your tweets that say that's crazy or this is nuts. You know what? Then we will do a rewatch. We don't know what yet though. <laughs> but I am tired of West. So until next week, or maybe a debate. Who knows? Maybe maybe, maybe this sort of uh, stoking the flames will be good for for a rousing debate. Okay, well, until next week then. Yeah, same bad time, same bad place.